You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Russ from My Hammers Eleven. Hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you made of any time we put new content on. As always, we'd like to thank our channel sponsors, Untuck It. Check them out in the description below. Today's guest. Now, today's guest, I think, is the furthest from uh, well, the furthest from Hornchurch I, I've been to on this on this journey so far. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> it's uh, my my eyes are a bit red because it's quite late at night here uh, and it's very early in the morning over there. Um, but it's Angus Walter. How are we doing? How are you, man? You all right? I'm good. Thank you, Ross. Yourself? I'm not too bad. Thank you. Not too bad. Um, we're good. filming this uh, Friday night, Friday night UK time, so Saturday morning in Perth. Um, was it about seven o'clock in Perth? It is. It's literally just about to tick over seven. So up early, ready to go. Perfect start to the day. That's good. Well, you've got no West Ham, so you've got no late night, four o'clock in the morning, watch along to do at least this weekend. Exactly. Um, yeah, although, although the stop the Stockport game, if you only do that, that's that's going to be quite a tough one for you guys. It's going to be a four a.m. again, so don't think my parents will be too happy. But what can you do? Yeah, you just need to invest in some good soundproofing for the bedroom. Which isn't a bad way to life, really. To be honest, thinking about it, and you know, get further yeah. down the line. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's I think we we spoke this afternoon, um, and it, it was about something ridiculous, like forty degrees there at the moment, isn't it? So. It is. It was. It was forty-two yesterday. So one of those days where I think we'd probably both settle for middle ground. I know I would. I'd. I'd. Ha- I'd have a twenty-degree day over this at the moment. So it's oh. just. It's a bit ridiculous, to be fair. Though, what can you yeah. do? We'd have a twenty-degree day. It's uh, at the time of at the time of recording. I think it's about. Well, it's bloody cold. I know that is today. What we one degrees probably. Yeah, one could go to minus what? It could be between anything between one and minus what? No, it is zero. It is zero mental zero degrees isn't it crazy how how the world just is just considering just one bit of i haven't had a drink or anything but considering it's always one country one sort of big you know world how the, the time it's just 40 40 degrees there it's you know other side of the world it's zero it's oh 
Yeah, and yet here we are talking to each other. <laughs> exactly, and here we are talking to you about West Ham. That's what I mean. This funny little club in East London, joining so many different people. But uh, the boys are doing all right at the moment, aren't they? All things considering, we are. I mean, if if you you asked, you know, you told me that we're what sitting tenth at the start of the season, I would have taken that over anything. Because to be honest, I, I think most of us were quite quite worried about how most of this season was going to unfold. Um, obviously, lost a couple of, of um, star players. Dan Garner, obviously, not not great to see him go. So yeah, perfect. And and you know, especially if you told me that Arsenal was, was sitting below West Ham at this stage in the season, um, I would have bitten your hand off for this. Funny old season. It's one of those funny old seasons. You get them every every sort of four or five seasons. It's obviously the last one would have been probably the last one at the Bowlin when Leicester won. Leicester, the league. yeah. You know, and and so we've had a bit of bit of normality and now this one's just throwing everything into the into the mixer but um yes 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 and obviously soon we've got the uh we've got we've got the old boys returning haven't we uh west brom snoddy dean garner and big sam um, we do. <laughs> yeah i think i think with snoddy going over there now i think i'm starting to think boy it would be fitting if they came and came and beat us with you know big sam grady snods so yeah, yeah. should be He's interesting gonna- it's weird, isn't it, when that always happens? We had, um, like, even when we speak to ex-players and they'd moved from one club to West Ham, I think it was David Cross. And and when he moved to West Ham, he was playing, I think it was West Brom, he was playing West Brom that, like, the, the first game he, he joined us. And so it must be weird, like, you know, Snoddy, probably his first proper game, well, we might play the cup or whatever, but um, will be will possibly be the West Ham game. And it's just uh, yeah. it's funny, isn't it, how it all just how it all pans out. But, uh, no, good luck to Snoddy. Definitely, 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things as well, thinking about it retrospectively afterwards. It's a shame he's gone, but, um, you know, it frees up a bit of a bit of, uh, a bit of wages, I think. And if it means that we can give one of the kids a bit of a, his, his place in the, on the bench or whatever, then more for that, more for that. 100%. Because, you know, yeah, yeah, he's come to the end, bless him. But uh, no, yeah, and apart from that, I mean, yeah, I mean, you've got Stockport in the cup. I'm feeling quite confident, actually. Um, yeah. For a long time. That, I mean... Yeah, uh, that should be a great game to watch as well. Hopefully, you know, maybe we see a bit of Odebeku and, yeah, just, just one of those games where hopefully we can sit back and enjoy 90 minutes of football knowing that it should be relatively easy to, <laughs> to get a win against a non-league team. Knowing West Ham, though, we, you know, we'll either take it to penalties or, or lose that game. So we'll see. Yeah, or we'll ground in a, like a 1-0 one nil, one nil victory. Yeah. Oh, like the, like the 78th minute or something. We'll, we'll yeah, score. Exactly. It'll be like, oh, it'll be like, it's come off someone's arse or something like that. It'll be a really sort of yeah. like goal. He's like, oh, yeah, it's Premier League class. No, but I, this, it's a different team now. It's a different team. It's a different West Ham. That's the way yeah. I look at it now. Yeah, it is, 100%. I think David Moyes, full credit to him, the... The signings that he's brought in as well, in particular Vladimir Sufal and, um, you know, if you, if you think about someone like Thomas Suchek as well, they're both almost Mr. Consistence. Mm. You know, they, they put in that hard work and you know what you're going to get from them week in, week out. And I think yeah. that really helps. the we, We've been begging for consistency over the course of the last couple of seasons because it's it's very West Ham-like to, to go and beat Arsenal and then lose to you know, a, a Hull or a West Brom the next week. Um, yes. So to to go and, you know, be putting in consistent performances and then to be getting somewhat of consistent results, um, I think is a, a great change. And, and oh, yeah, exactly. full credit to David Moyes. Yeah, totally. And obviously Thomas is up for the, the play of the month for December and, 
you know, too right. You know what I mean? He probably won't win because he's he's he plays for West Ham and he's not a glamorous exactly. club. But, um, good on him, you know. And uh, I think he put a little thing on Twitter saying, you know, where if if I could be, you know, because he's only been here, you know, a little over a year now, isn't it? Really? Yeah, uh, yeah. January transfer yeah. window him last year. So, um, yeah, it's just as you said, it's, it's consistency and. You know what you're going to get. You're right. It's uh, they're like Ron Seal. It's written on the tin, um, and yeah, and it's just it's an exciting time to be a West Ham fan, particularly for me. You know, seeing lots of these sort of uh, eras. I think eras of managers, eras of of players, and this one's a really exciting one because it's a bit like the old old days where they played a bit like a, with a team. There was a team ethic. There weren't eleven individuals. Um, 11 good players, but they just couldn't play together. This one's a team, and you can see that in, in what they uh, in how they play, in, in how all those little behind-the-scenes vignettes the club does as well. Um, they seem to be a good a good atmosphere there, and it's nice. It's nice. It's nice to see it that, is. you know. Um, yeah. We'll just hopefully whoever they bring in in January, if they do, just doesn't, you know, upset the apple cart. I yeah, I mean, you said it. You said it yourself in terms of the league as well. It's it's one of those perfect seasons where you know you you win a couple of games on the bounce, and and we could find ourselves in that top four, top six. You know, I think it's it's incredibly close. I think you know Leicester, Tottenham on the same amount of points. You've got mm-hmm. United and and Liverpool on the same amount of points. So really, the the gap to to that top four isn't isn't a lot, and it's incredibly tight with us at the moment. You know. Yeah, looking up the table, I think we're on we're on par with with five other teams or, or four other teams. So just we just need a couple of results to to snatch a, a really good Europe spot at the end of the season. But um, obviously a lot of if if buts and maybes in there, and we'll just yeah. have to wait and see. We have to wait and see, and that's I you know I mean. You know, if the season finished tomorrow and we finished tenth, um, you know, I'll be chuffed based on yeah. you know the other the last few seasons where it's been a bit squeaky bum time um yeah, yeah as soon as we get that you know it's it's funny i said it before you know you know at west hamness in us you know we're 26 points we're 10th and the first thing someone says will be like 14 points to go it's not 14 yeah, points yeah, yeah. Half a season see how far we can go but it's yeah. that first man <laughs> that first sort of like you know that gets that that point the 40 points and then we can look up and see where we can finish but uh yeah, no, it's all good, man. And I think, you know, and I think uh, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Obviously, no fans around typically. And we, the, the team are playing well. But, look, you know, I think for a lot of people, you know, if, if, there's, if there's no fans there and as long as the team are doing well, they're, they're all right. I'm all right with that. Do you know what I mean? I'm all right if with no yeah. fans being there for the team. Last time they were in there, we lost 3-1. So, you know, it's uh, it's a typical West Ham thing. But let's get that 40 points. Let's have a good, a good cup run. And I think I'll be happy in the season. I do yeah. a couple of, couple of tenth positions for the next couple of seasons just to build stuff. Um, Again, the the cup run as well. You know, a, a great potentially mm. you know good cup run. You think about the Villa Liverpool game is 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 up in the air, and I think you'll find a lot of teams will will struggle with with COVID related stuff. And and the potential is that many teams will put out under 18s under twenty three sides yeah. if they're if they're struggling. So you know to yeah. Obviously, our squad is is um, 
you know, it's not the biggest thing and we're, we're losing numbers at the moment. Let's hope we, we can invest and get something in, in this month. But, mm. you know, we do have a good second side as well. You yeah. think about some of the quality on the bench. So we could put out a very decent team and, and go a long way in the FA Cup. Yeah. So that's that's just wait and see how I mean, we yeah. can do it. I mean, the boys, the boys did well, you know, in the in the Carabao Cup, the first couple of rounds. You know, Harlan and Charlton, you know, putting very good performances against those two teams. Um, they had a guy. We had a guy up front called. Um, I don't remember his name was Sebastian Haller. He scored a few goals, I think. Um, I don't know yeah, what happened he, to him. He's um, the one that plays for Ajax now, isn't he? Yeah, I think he moved to Ajax. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think it was Ajax's record signing, I think, or something like that. Mentally. Wow. Um, yeah. I, can't, I don't know what happened to him, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but no, I think yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, it's one of those things where I think any team that takes it half seriously this season, the FA Cup, are going to go very far because as you see, it's a funny old season. The FA have already said if you can't put a t- team out, you know you're out. So you're going to have yeah. like like tonight, as you said, we had the the Villa Liverpool game. It was four one to Liverpool, um, and they didn't break a stride to be honest. And yeah. it was full of like twenty. I think even the under twenty three coach was the manager and uh, took the took the sides instead of Dean Smith. So it's all a bit crazy, but yeah, the team that the team that has a go and really tries is going to be. Uh, he's going to really make a big effort. But uh, apart from West Ham, Angus, how are you? How is everything over there in this crazy world we live in at the moment for you? I'm good. And to be fair, where I live in, in Perth, Western Australia, we've had a really good COVID run. Mm. Um, you know, we're in lockdown a tiny bit in probably April, June, and we, we've really escaped the the brunt of it for now. Yeah. I think the rest of Australia has, has had it quite tough, obviously not as tough as the UK and America and, and you know, the likes. but I think Melbourne kind of went through a second phase where they were in lockdown. Brisbane now, they had a case yesterday and they've announced a three-day lockdown. So it's one of those things where we're doing well at the moment and it's quite easy for me to, um, to you know, go and live my yeah. normal life. I mean, clubs are back up and running. They've been up and running for, for ages now. And so, you know, with the exception of social distancing here and there, we, we, we've got it virtually back to normal. But all it takes is one case. We've still got a hard border. My dad's a pilot, so it's um, it's frustrating for him at times. But um, happy for now, happy for now. Yeah, and I think actually the way Australia and New Zealand, I think, have both dealt with it is, you know, hard borders. It's, you know, it was, as soon as a handful of cases really came up, that was it. You know, shuttles were yeah. shut. That thing where, you know, I think others, particularly Europe and obviously the UK and the US, it was a little bit less. You know, it was until they sort of they got up to a certain number. By then it already migrated and, you know, so it's actually the Australian way of handling it and the New Zealand way and it seems to have, well, seems to have at least curtailed it a little bit considering, uh, considering other countries. But uh, yeah, now my, my friend, she, she, she lives in New Zealand at the moment. She moved back and uh, yeah, she's like living a normal life really. And it's, yeah. it's, it's fucking hell typical, absolutely yeah. typical, but you know, 42 degrees or 40 degrees and uh, not having to wear a mask everywhere, which is uh which is fantastic, but uh, it's what yeah, it is. Isn't it? It it's is. what it is. Everyone has it, it differently. Is. Everyone has it differently, don't we? I mean, we, we we don't get the bushfires here, you know. Exactly. So yeah, we you know never take it away. So yeah, twenty twenty altogether. I think I think for majority of people, regardless of where you live, was a bit of a, a shocker. Obviously, yeah. To be fair, the bushfires thing. Someone brought it up with me a couple of weeks ago, and I was actually in Melbourne for and 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 you know, Victoria, when it was starting up and, and it was yeah. getting quite serious. And I don't even remember that, to be fair, just because of the year that it's been. Yeah. 
it's just it's one of those things where it feels absolutely ages ago but if you if you think about that and you think about the rest of the way that the years panned out obviously um not ideal and it's looking like the first six months of this year will be quite tough for many but let's just hope that we yeah. you know get out yeah. of it together and happy i think so i think yeah i think in the uk i, I you know i've got um, i think easter by easter i think things will have some not back to normal because i don't think you're ever going to be back to normal i think normal is going to be what we how we live in going forward we'll never get back to where we were before because i just think it was um it, it will take too long to you know to get that but i think you know easter time um it'll be all right oh we get very deep at these things sometimes in these, in these yeah but, but why not because it's everyone's thinking about it it's everyone's mind and everything but you know um although you know 2020 weren't a bad year for west ham hasn't been a bad year no. for so definitely not yeah definitely not definitely could you imagine if west ham an absolute shit season at the moment and everything else that's going on twitter would implode um the west ham way and all, all west ham fan tv and you know and irons united and all, they'd be imploding wouldn't they they'd be imploding with depression yeah. and loads of people slagging it everyone off but um at least west ham are keeping a sort of some sort of sanity um, i mean yeah, just very quickly, you think about a team like Sheffield United. Last yeah. time there were fans at Bramall Lane, they were absolutely flying in the league, and it looks like the next time that there'll be fans at Bramall Lane, they'll be in the championship. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where you, you count your lucky stars in terms of West Ham and, and the run that we had at the end of last season, and thankfully we're flying now as well. So very definitely true. a positive. So it's a cool. very West Ham... It's very West Ham to, to almost add to the woes, um, yes. but it seems like... If anything, they're the positive light at the moment. So yeah, it's very it. true. Sure. It's very true. I mean, it's like Bournemouth fans. It's like West Brom fans. West Brom fans could quite easily see themselves, you know, uh, being promoted and relegated, and uh, never seen any of that this season. Yeah, they probably yeah. won't see any of that this season. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. It's mental when you think about it. And um, I still have this, and I haven't done the maths, and I should do the maths that their league positions are. You know, at the moment, there's it's sort of in, one of the big variables is stadiums. That's my view, and that's why the league so like it is at the moment. So you look at the teams at the bottom, as you said, West. We always said West Brom. We said Sheffield United, Burnley, Brighton, Fulham, all all sort of very tight ground. Maybe not Brighton, but still like a, a tightish ground. All very you know yeah. used to having the fans and the fans play that sort of twelve man role. Everyone near the top, Tottenham, da da da, Leicester massive massive stadiums so you know it doesn't make a difference you know they're not that in intimidating factor and so uh no i think there's uh there's something in that for sure but uh no it is what it is um anyway first question 17 minutes into the interview um i'm getting a bit better with that actually to be honest um <laughs> this question is um now i'm not detecting a cockney twang in your accent angus uh and also i'm we're dialing in from perth so why the hell are you a west ham fan so bit of a probably not the the traditional story i mean it, it doesn't run in my family or anything i've always been a football fan i think my parents and and you know my family all together definitely aren't football fans but i've got a bit of danish heritage in me my grandmother's danish and that probably brought in football from from quite a young age and you know it was just a, a soccer ball kicking around in in the backyard and you know went and started playing at a young age and and so i've always loved the premier league i've always watched um, I've always loved following um, football in general. West Ham, when I moved to, to Perth in, in high school, so at the start of high school, it would have been six, seven years ago, 
you know, made friends with with the likes of football fans. And, and you know, you get a lot of Arsenal's, Chelsea's, Man United's. Sure. My two best friends are Arsenal fans and, and Man United fans. So, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, they're not the ones to, to wake up at, you know, 4 a.m. or whatever and, and support their team. And they'll just take the win, they'll wake up, they'll take the result and, and run with it. And it sort of sort of got me all worked up, you know, seeing, seeing the, the run that they have and, um, you know, it always seems to be happy days for them. So I decided that I was going to really get into it and, and pick a club. And um, so some of the influences in my life at, at the time were the likes of Spencer Owen and, um, you know, all, all West Ham fans, Jack Mate, West Ham fan. And so, you know, it... I can't exactly remember the point where I picked West Ham, yeah. but, you know, it, it's perfect. London underdog team, um, you know, someone that I just naturally kind of um, picked up quite a, a strong liking to. So at the start of the, it was probably the the second last season at the bowling, halfway through the season, I started watching. Mm. Um, not exactly, um, you know, wholeheartedly. I was, I was watching games here and there. Yeah, and then the the start of the fifteen sixteen campaign. I, I don't think I've missed a Premier League game since then, with the exception of school camp. So you know, I've been watching. I've been been everywhere from Melbourne to to New York, following along, and um, it's been a great run. And it provides that great conversation with my friends. And yeah, sure enough, after six months a year with the the community on Twitter and whatnot, it, yeah. I really became immersed in it. And I'm, I'm you know a massive West Ham fan. It's a massive part of my life. Um, and you know, I, I live, breathe West Ham. Yeah, that's brilliant, man. That's brilliant. No, I love it. It's, no, and, and that's why that's why I love like doing this because everyone has a slightly different story. And yeah, for some people, it is the traditional. Oh, my dad was a West Ham fan. I become a, but you know, for someone like yourself, um, and actually, it's 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 a similar story in some respects to listen to talk to other. Um, other foreign fans in terms of you know the guys that are like the Fresno Irons or. I don't know, uh, the Indian Hammers and stuff like that, where literally they've picked West Ham is the team they've picked. And it's like, really? You know, it's like, come yeah. on, come on. You picked West Ham. I mean, you know, poor, those, your poor Arsenal or Man United friends. I mean, God, you know, you know, when they're like moaning that they were fifth, that Arsenal were like 15th in the in the league, we were like, oh my God, I'll, you know, I'll beat your hand off for being 15th. Perfect. I was absolutely um, loving it. Oh, yeah. brilliant. It's so funny. And as you said, watching that Arsenal fan TV implode is just hilarious and stuff. But, um, but no, it's just a great, as you said, you know, yeah, obviously Spence and Vet, obviously Jackson being on the, on the channel and, you know, he pops in the live streams occasionally. So you make sure everyone watches them. God bless him. But no, it's lovely to see how, you know, the, the influence of, of people like that has drawn you into West Ham. And obviously then once you're in, you're in, aren't you really? As you said, you get into this, this Twitter bubble and the YouTube bubble. And obviously you do the, the watch alongs with, with Corey and stuff on the West Ham way. Um, which in itself is an accolade for you because, as you said, get up at 4.30 in the morning and then having to sit in front of a screen and, and watch West Ham, let alone, you know, just on your Todd. Um, but actually watching it yeah. with 200 people there is, uh, yeah, it's not the easiest thing to do, let alone when it's normal time, let alone silly clock in the morning for you and yeah, you your parents around so you can't get too enthusiastic because you wake them up. They won't be it's, too happy with you. It's one of those things I very quickly, I, like you said, as soon as you're immersed, you're immersed. So yeah. in particular, the start of the 15-16 campaign, that watching West Ham, I remember watching my first game on on um, TV here. We we had it for the, the season. It was on Foxtel in Australia, which is a, a kind of um, 
subscription set top yeah. box that that we have the equivalent of I would, I would imagine BT. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we we had it for the year, and um, you know I watched every every game, and the the first game against Arsenal at the Emirates where we went and beat them two 0 with with Mauro and Kuyate. Um, you know, that was it for me. That was as soon as I watched that game, I was a West Ham fan. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing to mention as well, I loved the colours as well. Claret and blue always always stood out yeah. to me. That away kit that year as well was was one of my all time favourites. Um, but yeah, as soon as as soon as that happened, I was I was a West Ham fan, and the the incredibly special atmosphere of that last season at the Bolin as well just drew me in straight away. Um, and yeah, West Ham fan for yeah. for life now. And it's a, and you're right, the colours as well. It's it's funny we had um. And actually, this will go out after we've interviewed him. So we interviewed Paul McGinley, the Ryder Cup captain, um, well, the 2014 Ryder Cup captain. Um, and he's, he's won it loads of times himself as a player. But I asked him, because he's Irish, and I was like, you know, why West Ham? And and for him, it was it was the first game he saw was the 1975 Cup final. And it was Fulham against West Ham. But it was the first game he saw in colour. And obviously, Fulham were in white. And West Ham were in claret and blue, so it was like I yeah. saw that one because it's in colour, you know. And it's just like yeah. then, that sort of, you know, what is it? God, like forty, fifty years on, you know, it's uh, it's it's crazy when like little things like that or someone I've interviewed, they said, oh, I think it was actually it might have been Jack's dad actually. When if you Jack's dad, he said it was a nineteen eighty FA Cup final, and he looked up and he said, I'll support that one, and it was West Ham, and then that sort of started his west ham career yeah, and then and Jack as well so, family yeah yeah and it's funny and it, like now you know when you have kids and and you know there's you probably pass on the the disease as 100%. well to them. Um, exactly yeah and that's the way that's the way it works but no it's lovely man it's lovely to to hear different stories and that's uh and also it's nice to have someone on the channel who's a relatively you know inexperienced fan we'll say that an experienced west ham fan i mean you, you've, you've seen the highs and lows already but you know you haven't been like worn down uh exactly yeah so many so many years uh, of woe i mean regardless i'd be following west ham obviously but um you know and you pick up on the stories as well you yeah. you know I'm, i've become you know well equipped with with the knowledge of, of the last couple of decades but yeah exactly um you know all my memories have come from the last six seven years and that'll be reflected in my team today ultimately but um yeah it's it's you know my my best memories of literally of west ham have been over the last six seven years um and that last season at the bowling in particular just such a, a special memory and it being my first season i pretty much i thought was was quite unique yeah definitely very unique and as you said it we've you know, someone like someone like Dennis around with the uh, the West Ham way. You know? uh, <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for when he was going to get a mention. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a mention every time now. I interview someone from the West Ham way because, yeah, an hour and forty minutes. I mean, you know, you haven't had your breakfast yet, mate. I don't. But you know, it's not going to be an hour and forty minutes this one today. But uh-huh. yes, um, he would he would help you with your education of West Ham. That's for sure. Um, he does, yeah, God for sure. Him, yes, and that's what I love. There's there's all I love. There's like. It's like that cross section. You get some really old, like fan, experienced fans. You get some fans like like Dennis who are really sort of clued up in that. You know, just just like the stats and things like that. And you get yeah. guys like yourselves who are relatively new to West Ham. And it's just this lovely crop because it means everyone's got different opinions and stuff. And 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 no one's right, no one's wrong. Um, 
it's but it's it, football is about opinions and if someone says one thing yeah i said on twitter or or when you're doing your watch alongs you'll say something and someone will make a comment and disagree with you that's all about football and i think that's that's great because i just like i love the fact that there's no right or wrong even with var it doesn't seem to be yeah. a right or wrong answer so it's uh no, it's uh, it's all part and parcel of what why people love football, really, isn't it? That, that is that is it. That is supporting football. I think yeah. that is arguably the best bit of it. The community, the conversations. That ultimately is is why I I do the watch alongs and the the fans' voice on on the West Ham way because I and I've met some tremendous people over the last couple of months. I've only been doing it for for I think three months now. Um, yeah. but you, yeah, you think about Corey, Dennis, Charles, um, and then the the guys on the fans' voice. It's um, you know. Bill, I could go on and on and on. Yeah. Um, Ollie, it's just to have oh, conversations yeah. with them about West Ham, yeah, and um, to have conversations with other fans about VAR when you know they've netted a, a goal in the last last minute and it turns out to be handball and and you know it's the worst thing in the world, or they yeah. you know get a penalty kind of allowed, or especially if you're a Man United fan and it's the best thing ever yeah. to have those conversations and those opinions. Um, you know, I could talk about football twenty four seven. I think most people could, and that that is the beauty of it. Yeah, it is. You're totally right. You're totally right. And and actually, you know, everyone I've had on the channel, whether it is, uh, whether it's a fat, you know, like a not a normal fan, but someone who's not involved in YouTube or or one of the, the YouTube guys or any guys from West Ham Way or or I don't know the Hammers Chat guys or whatever. Everyone is just sound. Everyone's such a nice bloke, and 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 it's just lovely to. It is a. I mean, I'm I'm relatively new in the community as well. I mean, we only started this channel up in in May, I think May or June, something like that. Um, oh. I think it's May, and yeah, I've been fully embraced into the community. Um, and you know, we, we wouldn't. I, mean, I think literally now, I think literally we're over something ridiculous, like nine thousand subscribers now, which is mental. Um, yeah. someone did mention it just to me about five minutes ago before we came on. Uh, nine thousand, nine thousand and thirty-eight. Woohoo! Get in there. Get in road there. to ten k. Yeah, the road. Then to get 10K. the merch out. Yeah, exactly. The merch is coming out when it's ten k. There we go. Oh, but yeah, no, it's 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 lovely. As you said, it's it's nice because you meet new people virtually. I mean, I haven't met any of them really, like physically. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, same, obviously. I know, obviously for you, I've met anyone. Yeah. I mean, uh, the only one I met, the only person I probably met since, was was Jack. And literally, we probably saw each other about for about ten seconds at the Man United game because obviously yeah. they were doing. He's doing the what he was doing the uh, live from London Stadium with him and Chris and 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 Colton and I think Ginger was doing it. And and I literally like walked past him now, and I, so I was I had to like dash the toilet and back up, and I was like Jack, are you alright? Say to him, yeah, yeah, yeah. see, so yeah, that was it. That, that's the only iteration we've had, like, physical yeah. iteration. Uh, it's it's crazy how how you sort of, but it's a new world, isn't it? It's especially for you guys, especially for you. And obviously, you do meet everyone virtually, um, and that's probably how you meet a lot of people for a long time until. You know, you come over here or they go over there. So uh, exactly, it's, uh, it's the world we live in now, unfortunately. Um, right, let's talk about your 11. I'm going to go and pick my pen lid up quickly. That was exciting. Um, my chair made a little squeak as well. Um, so as I said, with the, with the 11, um, you can pick whoever you want, whatever criteria you want, because the only rule is you have to be alive to a season play. You said it's probably going to, I mean, for you, you're probably a fan from you know, 2015 onwards. So probably the last six or seven years are going to be that your players, which is cool. It is. It is. It is. And that's good because actually, um, I think it's important to give people a, you know, sort of the relatively new 
your newer players, I mean, you've probably a few which others pick, but actually it tends to be the older players that are picked anyway. So I think actually it's good to shine a spotlight on on some on some favourite players from the last seven years. You know, thinking actually, you know, when all's said and done, we've had we've had some good players come through our doors. Um, we have. We have. Um, right, let's start off in goal. Who's in goal for the Walters eleven? All right, so we'll start off very quickly by saying some of these are, are just on um you know, kind of their their performances all together and, and some are just individual memories. Yeah. So on goal I've gone for, for Adrienne. Um now I think probably Fabianski, if you you look at it over the course of the last five, six years, is is probably the one over um, you know, yeah. performances in particular yeah. is penalty saves that you'd put in. But Adrian for me, just because of the memories, um, you know, especially now that he's moved to Liverpool and he probably isn't isn't cutting it quite as well. He's not um as receptive with the fans it almost obviously i want him to do well but it does give you that sense of he's a west ham player yeah, yeah and at the end of the day he spent majority of his career at west ham um and memories for me i mean there's loads with him he, he was quite an action-packed player but the one for me was the everton penalty in the fa cup at the bowling um i remember watching that that whole penalty shootout and the the whole joel robles drama as well with the um you know he was Giving giving our players a bit of stick and Adrian was giving it back and suddenly to come out on top and and do it the way that he did it as well take the gloves off and yeah. and and be like I'm putting this straight in and and to do it and to celebrate in front of the fans I think was amazing, um, yeah just a just a West Ham type of player I think, yeah. you know loved by the fans again a couple of you know it had a. a quite an exciting time with us you know a couple of couple of mistakes as you do a couple of red cards as well um but just someone that um was quite likable off the pitch as well yeah, um so. it seems seems like quite a nice guy and um yeah so he's in there for me Fabianski yeah. as well you know obviously tremendous but at the end of the day he's done it before at Swansea and and you know he'll probably do it again once he leaves yeah. West Ham yeah. whereas Adrian you know was with us for for a couple of years and um you know was out our number one keeper for a lot of that time he was he was and and i've always had that sort of you know that sliding doors moment and obviously with that everton game you know it was it was obviously so sort of iconic really you're doing that you know like mic drop type thing could you imagine if you actually missed it would have been great i, I wouldn't <laughs> want to know how the rest of that Goalkeepers can't put their gloves on properly. They have to get someone else to put their gloves on because obviously they, it's usually so tight, and so you'd have to get like Mark Noble to put his gloves back on or something. It'd be terribly embarrassing. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, he was just it was it was that sort of crazy goalkeeper which we used we had little for a while. We had some crazy goalkeepers, um, and like people like Bernard Lamar, um, sort of the mid in this sort of late two early two thousands, um so those days sort of mid two mid nineties. Um yeah, we had some crazy, crazy goalkeepers then. Um a lot of sort of lone goalkeepers after Ludo until maybe Robert Green came along. Um and yeah, Adrian was pretty much in that mould, that's for sure. Um right, we'll put him in goal. Okay. You go for the team as you've got them written down, Angus, or are you going to go for a man? You go sure. For... All right. Well, I'll go to, to left back now. Sure. Um, I've gone with Cress. Yeah. I think, to be fair, for me, it's a, a bit of a no-brainer because no one else has, has played left back pretty much over, over my time. Obviously, <laughs> you've got um, you've got Arthur there. But as a traditional left back and, um, you know, someone that, that is just there season in, season out, he, he's the obvious pick. Um. I think probably we've we've come to learn that maybe he's better in a in a back five as a, a left sided centre back. 
Yep. Um, but the beauty of it is, you know, he was an England caps player. Um, obviously, it was only only one cap, but still caps. The individual, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, that was off his performances as a left back as yeah. a West Ham player. And yeah, the the last season at the Bolling, he was he was great. The season before, he was amazing as well. Um, and you think about some of the individual memories. I remember the goal against Leicester and the the tour draw at the King Power Stadium. Um, mm. You know, in that season, the last season at the Bolling, which they obviously Leicester went on to win the t- title. I think no, we're down to ten men. Jamie Vardy got got sent off for simulation mm. or, or something like that. So it was one of those games. Yeah. You know, I remember him sticking at top bins and, you know, we went 2-1 two, two, up in, in like the 85th minute, a beautiful goal. Obviously went on to to concede a late penalty. But if you think about the Chelsea goal last season um, and the United free kick, those are the three memories for me of Crest that are just stand out. And, um, yeah, someone that, that individually is is a solid left back. But in terms of the, the one-off 15 seconds of brilliance, I think he's, he also slots in there for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. He's had this sort of renaissance, hasn't he, really? Um, with Moyes going back into the back three. And um, yeah, it's just like with Crest, it's like, you know, I mean, to be honest, you know, he had like on, on match of the day, you had people like Gary Lineker suggesting, you know, an England call up again if, if, if Southgate plays a back three. And it's like, really? Surely we got better at left centre backs on Aaron Crest. Well, bless him. But he's brilliant. Yeah. And his delivery, I mean, obviously with Snod's going, you know um his deliveries and his 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 you know his corners and, and free kicks into the box and his crossing into the box is going to be even more needed now because you know obviously that we've got we've lost a a, a massive well he wasn't really playing much this season but he was uh, a fantastic dead ball situation uh, in terms of uh, snoddies but uh, no cressy's um and he's getting the goal and he's getting the assists and yeah, you know, he's, he's a good yeah. one to get in the old fantasy football league. He's a good one in the old fantasy football league because we don't concede many, and uh, and he's always involved in the, in, in an assist usually one, once a game or something ridiculous like that at the moment. So, yeah, totally agree. All right, yeah. Chris is him. He's had a, a tremendous season so far as well. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's um one of those things where we've seen a revival and um you know he's he's helping out the team tremendously as well. Definitely. Right. Go on then. Who's next? Who's next, Angus? All right. He's left-sided centre-back. I've gone for Angelo Bonner. So, again, one that one that has, has literally been there since since I started watching West Ham. Um, tremendous character off the pitch and also a rock in defence. Yeah. Um, again, individually, some of, some of the goals he scored, the FA Cup against Liverpool final year at the, at the bowling, that's Ooh. one that stands out for me. But he's just a, probably a, a hammer of the year. In fact, an easy hammer of the year contender for me at the moment and, and for majority of us. Great mm-hmm. game against Everton. And, and again, he's just cutting it in week in, week out. Um, tremendous performances. And someone that has, again, seen a bit of a revival. You know, he wasn't yeah. um, he, he wasn't in that team for a bit with, with Diop and Balbuena being that back too. Mm. But it's just come in and has been so perfect for us. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a bit of a no-brainer as well. Well, I do say no-brainer. There is one that is harsh to miss out as I name my my right-sided centre back because we have had some good good ones over the last five six years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Oggy's just been been there and and um, cuts it in again week in week out. Tremendous performances. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it, again, he's like, I mean, I mean, last year I think. Obviously, he was very close to getting. He was second, wasn't he? Hammer of the year, I think, um, to deck. And 
to be honest, yeah, I think it's going to be them two again, really. To be perfectly honest, maybe Suchek, um, potentially in that, and that's all in the running at the moment as well. But yeah, he's he just seems to like have matured so much as a player, and it's like, you know, he was always had a mistake in him. He doesn't. He seemed to sort of has rubbed that bit of his game out again, and you know, to you know, as we got the Italian call up, but obviously we got injured, so he couldn't go. Um, I just think he's a great, as you said, off the pitch, he seems a lovely bloke as well. Um, but yeah, though, he's just solid, isn't he? Just, and yeah, no one's going to get him out of the team. Do you know where, where's yeah, that's other? all you can ask for a center back. Exactly. Yeah. No, so yeah. Um, someone that again, probably just gets in because without him this season, um, you know, obviously he's been with us for a number of years. And again, as I said, is it has been tremendous for us over the, the course of a number of seasons. But if you think about this, this season alone, Without him, I think we'd be struggling. Obviously, yeah. we we saw a glimpse of of Diop when he came back into the team and ultimately gave away a goal. Yeah. Um, and so he's just that rock in defence for us at the moment and pivotal to our season and how it's panned out thus far. Yeah, no, I agreed. Okay, Oggy's in. So um, right side centre back, Craig Dawson. No, that corner. Who is it? No, not indeed. This one was was the toughest pick, I think, going between Ginge and, and Winston Reid. I have Ooh. gone for, for Winnie um, purely because I think to score the last goal at Upton Park, um, you know, is it, that is a memory that will be cherished by all West Ham fans. Um, and yeah, just just again, individually, individual performances. That that last, you know, fifteen minutes is was one that will be remembered forever. And I think also, you know, coming from from my part of the world, essentially, obviously a New Zealander, but also does have the the Danish heritage in him course, as well. Yeah. Played for Michelin for a bit, um, and I think he's a citizen with with Denmark. So he could have picked between Denmark and New Zealand. Um, and yeah, so someone that that has come from from my part of the world and was just a rock for us as well, as particularly in that that last season at the bowling, but also came in clutch. In other games, you think about the goal against Millwall and stuff. So just someone that you really want for um, for moments of magic. I remember him scoring the the goal at at the London Stadium, the one outside the box where he's just literally ninetieth minute. He's just had a ping. Yeah. Um, it's kind of I, th- I think it came out to him from a corner, and we got three points from that game. Um, so just yeah, individual performances from him are, are ones that will be remembered by me for a long time. In particular, the the final goal at the bowling. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and you're right. He's one of those guys who's just when he wasn't injured, when he was on his game, he was he was he was yeah, just as good as anyone else. You know, in terms of defenders in the Premier League, and you know, he was just you know, unfortunately with injuries, he never. Injuries. The flip side is, if he wasn't in, injured all the time, he wouldn't be playing for West Ham. I don't think. I think yeah. he'd be playing for a team a better, um, you know more consistent you know in, in the league than us necessarily but uh oh yeah he was he was brilliant and he was um obviously you know before you started sort of getting into west ham when he when we signed him um there's a big hoo-ha because he was a world cup win he was a world cup defender and there, it, was, it was a new zealand world cup winner rather rather necessarily uh you know, a Spanish World Cup winner or a, or a French, you know, it was the New Zealand centre-back. So, and he yeah. struggled that first year uh, and obviously went down that year. And then in the year in the championship really made him a, a really good player. And then he sort of, uh, you know, obviously Arsenal and, and Liverpool, I think, were sniffing around from at the time. So, you know, you've got to be good if those two don't have any look at you. So, um, right, okay, we'll put Winnie in. Okay, uh, right back then. Who's going to be right back then, Angus? 
Well, it was between two for me. The first one was Kyle Jenkinson, obviously on loan from Arsenal. So perhaps his his um you know the fact he's alone probably put him into into doubt first off. But now that we've got Vladimir Sufal as well, I think it's a no brainer. In terms of traditional right backs, again, they, those two are probably. Um, I can't remember another traditional right back that has been in our side consistently since that final year at the Bolin. Um, so to have someone like Vladimir Sufal now, who's just slotted into that team so perfectly and he's is Mr. Consistent, yeah. um, you know, is tremendous for us and has helped us enormously this season. Uh, you know, I was banging on about the consistency earlier in the side and the performances and the results. I think he's a massive part of that. And, you know, has has something in attack as well, can whip in a ball um, and just a no-nonsense right back as well. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if, if you um, have a different say, but since that final year at Upton Park, I, I can't think of another right back really that we've had consistently. Not really consistently. I mean, I, I you know, obviously we had Sab, but I think with Sab, I think he was just too, he was just, bless him, he was about three seasons too old for us now. Yeah. And yeah. we joined, um, I mean, you know, we had, Christ, I remember we had, you know, we had a period where, um, where we'd have sort of, retiring left backs um and they were like 37 so we had like Stuart Pierce we had Nigel Winterburn Chris Powell um Rufus Brevet you know and these guys were literally at the end of their careers and they were we were doing a season 18 months or so playing at West Ham and you could get away with it then uh, yeah. in terms of having sort of an old fullback nowadays it's a young man's game being a fullback and I think I think Pablo, for being such a fantastic professional, you know, didn't really. If you looked at his, if you looked at his West West Ham career, it was you know toward it was the end. It wasn't it wasn't in the same ilk as his Man City career. Um, but yeah, I think with Kufal or sorry Sufal, um, he's just we. He reminds me a lot of uh, an old right back we used to have called Tim Breaker, um, in that. He was Tim Breaker was always a seven, yeah, always a seven out of ten. Every game that was he came on the pitch and he plays us. He would always play at least a seven, sometimes up to an eight or a nine, but always a seven. Very rarely, if ever, a six. And and Kufal is the same. Tim used to bomb down the right wing at the right, you know, do overlap on the right winger all the time as well. Would come up for a goal as well occasionally, a bit like what Sufal's doing now. Um, I think he's going to be one of those players where you look back, hopefully, in a, in a couple of years' time, thinking he was a, he was solid. He was a good right back for us, he, you know. And say, in the same way, I, I you know I, I look at Tim Breaker now and didn't realise how how consistent he was and how sort of a strong player he was. Um, and I, I see a lot of parallels between how Kufal um, plays to, to Tim as well. So no, I totally agree. I totally agree. In, um, in comparison with Zabra as well, he's got the turn of pace on him. Yeah. So I think he, he dealt with Zaha in the Palace game did, really yeah. well. Whereas I think Zaha, uh, sorry, whereas I think Zaba got caught out a tiny bit on that on that right side. You think about someone like Marcus Rashford who who caught him out a couple of times. Mind you, one of his best games was in that that three one Man United win at at um London Stadium where Yama got a goal. Yeah. Um Antonio. Um so yeah, that that was a great game. And Felipe obviously to which Zaba got the assist. But yeah, again, just a tiny bit at risk of, of getting caught out. Amazing in in the East City days, obviously, and would slot into yeah. that team right away if it was with West Ham. But ultimately, his memories are with Manchester City 
Whereas yeah. Vladimir Sufal is, you know, has a future at West Ham and, you know, could be with us for, for God knows how many years because he's tremendous at the moment. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I think we, you're right with Zaba. It's, it's, he would have a good game, yeah, and then he would get, but now, you know, with, with wingers and, and I think it was, it might be like the Liverpool game or something. There was a, a there was a game last season. That wasn't, it was Watford. It was Watford and um, Saar. It was Saar. The the he played left wing and he literally tore him a new one that year that day. Yeah, that day and it was really sad to see. It was sad to see really because he was such a good player. Um, get sort of absolutely do and obviously he can be a wily old pro. And that Man United game, he was a wily old pro and he he knew he wasn't going to beat Rashford for pace. So you know he puts his studs down the back of his legs and and just has a handful of shell. You know the old the old stuff. Um, but that's a bit old fashioned now. I think. Just that bit of old yeah. Um but yeah, Kufo, I, I agree. Um, he's he's gonna be a, he's a tremendous player, and for wherever it was, you know, a few million quid, absolute bargain. You know, when you look at like, you look at who, uh, you look at um, that bloke, um, oh, Sebastian Haller. Um, he <laughs> he was like twenty million pounds. He's gone to IX for. We we got Sufal and Suchek in for that money, um, pretty much. So. There you go. It's how you spend yeah. your money. Right. Okay. So Suval is in. Uh, let's go into midfield. Well, from one check to another, oh, we've yes. gone for um, Thomas Suchek in CDM. I've, I've got two CDMs in the team. But, yeah, got the got the check link, checkmates. Um, I think, obviously, there's some some great CDMs over the years. You know, Nobes, obviously, is, is one that stands out for me as well in terms of, um, since that last season at, at the bowling. But if you think before that as well, um, some great ones. But, yeah, um, tremendous so far. Again, got him on a bargain. Got the link with Vladimir Sufal. So I think if you're treating the, my my Hammers 11 team as a as a team itself, it's got the chemistry there. It's got the bond. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, and just like a perfect box-to-box midfielder. And someone that, as David Moyes said, needs to figure out a way to get into that box more because he's just so lethal. And came up clutch against Everton, um, scored the goal against United, has scored numerous goals for us this season. I think he's uh, uh, is he our highest scorer in the Premier League this season. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just someone that settled in really well. And again, Mister Consistent. You look at the consistent performances and results from us over the last year. A lot of that is down to those two. Um, and yeah, just a perfect box to box midfielder, in my opinion, yeah, for West yeah. Ham and um, someone that we're in- incredibly fortunate to have in our team. Because you think about who would make up that position, perhaps if we didn't have him, Nobes can get caught out for a, for a turn of pace and obviously doesn't have um, that aerial threat that Tommy Suchek does. And you know, you're talking about FPL teams earlier with Kras, perfect one to have in your FPL team, cheap, yeah. gets the goals, a bit like Lundstrom last season so true it is it's one of those ones where it's like the best kept secret you know I, you know it's, yeah it's like you know, people would i remember like non-west ham fans on my facebook well, oh, oh i'm doing this who do you reckon and i was like suchek and really went yeah suchek because it's like you know he's a midfielder and he'll you know, come forward and they go oh yeah he's quite cheap as well and he's like yeah he's, he's quite cheap but you yeah, know he's um yeah, I just think he's a fantastic player, isn't he? I mean, even I remember the first. Obviously, he's been here for a year. I remember that first game he played. You know, within five ten minutes, you thought we've got a player. He, he's, you know, there's certain players you come on the pitch, and 
just seems like he's played in that for us forever. He just slotted straight in. Him and Deck, the way they work together, you know, is I I honestly think they're they're possibly the two of the best pair like midfield pairings as a two in the Premier League. You know, really realistically, you look in you look at sort of the top teams. Yeah, you've got like you know you've, you've got people like Hoiberg at Tottenham, but who's he partnering up with? You know, as a, as yeah. a duo, they've got this great understanding. And it was a shame, obviously, when when Nobs plays it disrupts that, uh, their understanding. It's almost like they're feeling that they've got to, you know, do a bit more covering, whereas they have this sort of one go up, one sort of hangs back, and it's great to see as a two. They just really complement each other. Um, and, no, I think he's brilliant. And just hopefully uh, we, we keep hold of him, you know. And, but again, Suchet's one of those players, you know, and again, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Hallett, you know. It's like, you know, we, we've we lost half our money on him. Um, we wouldn't lose half our money on Thomas Suchek, I tell you. You know, we could flip him for three times the value of what we, what we paid for him at least now. Do you know what I mean? I think 50 well, million. Yeah, well, that is the thing with money in the Premier League. Obviously, you know, the teams with the most money seem to, to do the best. You know, yeah. there are outlier seasons. Obviously, there's... It'll it'll probably be one of those. Well, it will be one of those top six teams that ultimately wins the Premier League this season. Yeah. Probably at the moment between Liverpool, Man City, and Man United. But a lot has to be said for the way that the money is invested. I think with Seb, we were we weren't quite sure what we were getting. We're obviously getting a a player that delivered in the Bundesliga, but the Premier League is a different story. Mm. We're not playing in the in the right system. But loads of people saying this is what we need to do. The fact is, there are two questions there. If we first is if we can play him in the right system, and the second thing is if that system actually works in the Premier League, yep. because you know Premier League defenders are well equipped with dealing with those aerial threats and and dealing with the tight spaces in the box, whereas the turn of pace is is the thing that can really hurt teams. You think about the best Premier League strikers over the last five six years: Vardy, Aubameyang. Mm. Um, I could go on. The exception probably in there is is you know someone like a well even Danny Ings has a really good turn of pace on him. Um, and that's that's the reason why players like Olivier Giroud, who are arguably he's one of the best strikers in, in the world, can cut it for France and is is in that team, you know, in in every major tournament over the last you know God knows how many years, but struggles in the Premier League because mm. the the you know he doesn't have that turn of pace on him to to beat those defenders, um, you know, if it all comes down to to trying to get past him, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, you can find the space in the box, but in a one-on-one situation, which is most of uh, most of the time, the way that it it ends up panning out, you think that's why Mickey's so good for us, and and Arnie, who um, you know did it quite well for us over the, the course of a couple of seasons, is that turn of pace that yeah. that is crucial as a Premier League striker. So, um, you know, someone like Thomas Suchek, the CDM position is is founded in. You know, the hard work, the determination, the physicality, um, his height as an aerial threat. I think with him, you knew what you were going to get. Mm. Um, and, you know, he, he's delivered for us. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Totally agree. I think he's, yeah, just, you know, and he can carry it. He's got another week to eat potato salad, so he's all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's, it's so funny. His, his interviews are absolutely amazing. I, yeah. The one against uh, City when he got the, the goal that was, um, you know, there was a bit of handball contention in there. Oh, the uh, Antonio bicycle kick for yeah. which he got the assist. And then obviously after the, the Everton game, just uh, very fun to watch. 
he is it's just like he's, he's he seems to be him and 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 that's why i like the two of them because like the fact that Sufal feels impelled every game to have a picture with him and thomas on the pitch you know like every game you know it's like yeah we get it you're both che-. he's almost like someone i said it someone said it, some message the other day that it was almost like he's won a competition um so yeah that's why he has to have a spend, spend a day with your your favorite professional exactly, footballer yeah. And, yeah every game and i love that and i love the fact that they they say they've got they always have a smile on their face um and they seem to be enjoying football um you know i mean to be fair so like Chucha, it was you know they were playing champions league football you know and um they're not playing at the moment but they're playing a, a higher league than, than obviously the czech league and um you know we could have a whole a whole bunch more of them maybe coming that, soon so. that is the amazing thing the fact that we've actually got both in and they know each other um yeah. their ins and outs and they play you know quite close to each other on the pitch as well. So they can establish that connection in terms of passes and runs. Um, and, you know, if you think about someone like, in particular, Sue Fowl, not having Tommy Suchek there could be could be a different story. So the fact that they've both got each other to rely on, you've obviously got your your British part of the dressing room, but to for those two to have each other is, is crucial. Um, yeah. And just, you know, a, a, to be fair, just a really good buy, both of them. Definitely, definitely. Right. Okay. Tommy Sue checks in. Who's next? Who's next? All right. We've got like a left-sided cam. So um, many people refer to it as a, you know, like a lamb position, a bit where like Ben Rama plays at the moment if he's not out wide. Um, so I've gone for for Dimi Payet, I think. Bit of a – oh, no, sorry. We're going – no, no, no. We're going CDM. Second Wait CDM. Up. My apologies. Completely <laughs> passed me. All right. Yeah. So second CDM is is Deck. Yeah. Um. To be fair, I didn't didn't really need to say his name because he just slots in there automatically for me. Yeah, he's um, just, he just put him on there. You don't even it's, check. It's one of those ones where you don't need to you don't need to say anything more than his name and and that's it. But in terms of um, you know, I, t- I touched on Dimmy, who we'll you know, talk about later. Those two are probably the on technical ability the the two greatest players that I've seen so far at West Ham. Um, Deck is just you know not only on the pitch but off the pitch, his leadership, um, the way he goes about his stuff, mm. um, his confidence, just his, his technical ability, the fact that he got rejected by Chelsea and has had to, to do the hard work essentially yes. to get back into that Premier League system. And then to go and strive like he's done over the last five years consistently as well is absolutely massive for us. And mm. the longer we keep him at, at West Ham, obviously a no-brainer, the better. And, you know, someone that, you know, if, if Chelsea kind of turned their head somewhere else, could be a, you know, a future captain for us for, for many, many years, obviously captain now. Um, and, you know, someone that has had Nobs who misses out in my team but is very close to rely on. You know, yeah. I think Nobs has been a, a tremendous influence on him and you see a lot of Nobs's both leadership and um, play style in, in Dex game. Mm-hmm. But just someone that you think, you could almost play him anywhere on the pitch and you know you're going to get a good performance from him. Yeah. Has that, that turn of pace to beat players for fun and when he is on a run, he can just go for a really, really long run. You think about the, the Sheffield United game where yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we got the Snods goal that was disallowed, which I only watched back yesterday almost in tears because I remember watching that game at 4am and absolutely going wild when we scored the equaliser and seeing the, <laughs> the away and the limbs 
to have that that ruled out for a goal like that was um tremendously heartbreaking. But he just went for it. Deck just thought, stuff this, I'm going. And yeah. more times than not, he'll he'll beat a player and he'll beat you know, he won't just beat one, he'll beat two or three. And, you know, got a good strike on him as well, the Watford goal. Um I think the thing about the Watford goal as well, which which stands out for me, is the fact that he ran over and showed his support to David Moyes. Definitely. And, you know, almost a sign of things to come in, in that sense because um, you know, Moyes has had a, a, a really good start to this season at, at West Ham and mm-hmm. You can see the players playing for the manager as well. You can yeah. see the way that he he um, gathered around the team after the the win at Everton and said that was massive and um, you know gave everyone hugs and even Deck was saying that is absolutely massive. So those two together seem like yeah. like quite a good pairing and and you know David Moyes knows what Deck can do and and similarly Deck seems to show his support for David Moyes. So yeah, um, perfect. But but Deck for me. If you're talking world-class CDMs, oh. he could slot into any team, yeah. uh, especially you know, especially talking Premier League. Yeah. He's just you know what you're going to get from him week in week out. He's one of the standout performers every single week, mm-hmm. and um, it's one of those things where you know you go to Chelsea and you, you know, you pray he has a good game, but at the same time you're thinking, don't don't be scoring worldies, all right? Yeah, I'm not That's sure. Not true. sure how that. I mean, it's out. incredible when you think. Um, I was listening to one of his. He was doing an interview for Sky Sports the other day, talking about his 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 little journey, um, and you know, at 14, obviously Chelsea got rid of him, and he was like, he was living in digs at West Ham. You know, Monday to Friday, fourteen-year-old living on his Todd, basically. Um, about his mum and dad, they'd come for the weekends, and his mum would be crying, and he'll be crying, and you know all this stuff. It just shows you, you know, how much he wanted to be a footballer, and he seems to be like loving every aspect of it at the moment. He's loving being captain. He's loving being interviewed and doing like all the podcasts and you know Sky Sports and and. Every game, he just seems to go up another level as a player, and I just think we've we've literally just scratched the surface with this boy. Um, you know, he's only going to get better, only going to get better. Um, he's got an incredible engine on him, um, and what I love about him is is he's not like he's not a model footballer. You know, he's not like a you know you see some of these guys now, and and the, the, you know if you look at when he's walking around the pitch. He slumps when he walks around the pitch like he's a 20-year-old bloke, you know, just walking down the... He's just like... Does this like, And then as soon as he gets the ball, he's like footballer. You know, it, it, it's really yeah. funny. Someone points it out to me, and I have to... I literally watch him, like, at the games now. Literally, I do deck watch. And I watch deck. Oh, you know, he's like a little teenager sometimes. Um, yeah. I love just his enthusiasm for the game. It's just infectious. He, yeah, he plays it like a, like a young teenager in the yeah. sense that you can see the passion and the... Um, you know, when someone else gives the ball away, for instance, he's he's having a go. Well, he's not having a go. That's the thing with Deck. He, he doesn't have a go, but he's you know you can see that passion. And I know someone that works in a um, in a media capacity in um, uh, football journalism in the UK and said hands down, Deck is is one of the best players to work with off the pitch as well. And I think that goes for a lot these days. Yeah. Um, to be fair, he's, he's one of his best friends, Mason Mount. He's also similar, um, but some of the stories from from other professional footballers um across the league are just interesting to to hear in terms yeah, of yeah, yeah. you know some it, it goes a long way to be um you know as professional off the pitch as you are on it and deck is just the ultimate professional 
Yeah, and and also it's like you, you know he when you, when he has an interview, he, he like the interviews are basically uh, a sort of symbolization of what we are as fans you know when he when he's when we've won he's buzzing you know like we are we're really happy when we beat everton one nil you know when we lose we're gutting he looks gutty and he'll say i'm gutty you know he's and and yeah. and there's so it's, it's some sort of really naive honesty there which i i hope he never gets media trained out of him because it's it just makes it so much excite so much relatable for a fan to a footballer and at a time where I don't think footballers are particularly relative to fans. You know, it's not like uh, there's not that connection that they used to be, um, particularly sort of, you know, from in my like fan career, the early 90s, late 90s, that connection between the fans and the players. You know, we it's a bit like the, it's going back to the old school with Deck. There's that connection between him. You know, even like on Instagram, he takes pictures of how, sh- how shitty he is at darts and, you know, stuff like that. I, I love that. I love that because it just shows that like he's a normal bloke. You know, he's not living in some, I don't know, he probably is living in a lovely apartment, but he doesn't show it. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's showing yeah. the dartboard and he's going to Nando's and things like that, which we would all do as we of his age and, you know, add his money and stuff. But um, no, I love him. He's a great, great guy as well. Um, you, uh, very quickly, you touched on quite an important point there, I think, with um, in relation to seeing his, his um, passion when we lose and his, his um, frustration. Yeah. I think if you think about the first couple of seasons at, at um, the, the Olympic Stadium or the London Stadium, however, however you want to call it, um, you know, there, you think about players in there that really did show the passion, with the exception of Nobes, who wasn't in that team consistently. Mm. There, you, there were some defeats that we'd have where you just think, you know, how is this going to change? Whereas with Deck in the team, you see the passion and you know that, that there are just some things that won't go down well in that dressing room, um, which is perfect, again, as a fan. You know, he, he, he lives through those games and those losses like he is a fan, and that's perfect for us. Definitely, definitely. And and also, you know, the, the fact is, I think everyone forgets the fact that he's only 20 wherever he's 21 22 something like that and he's played so many games for us already and you know he's he's in essence our our, our captain um and it's incredible when you think you know 20 year old boy he's a boy really you know he's captain of our football club and yeah. um but there's there's no there's no hesitation that he's our captain do you know what i mean he's not like, oh, all it's straight away it, you know he's our captain it, yeah, it's one of those things where Nose obviously has been the squad captain for so many years now, but it almost yeah. feels weird when he comes on as a substitute and Deck hands the armband over. Now, I'm not yeah. saying in any any sense that that Nose shouldn't be the squad captain because he should be, but um, yeah, it's just you know Deck is so settled as a, as a captain now that when you do see someone like Nobes come on who has had that armband for so many years, it, it, there is a, a slight sense of. I don't know. There's a there's an element of it which, which is like you know this is deck is you know is that guy yeah, yeah, that is, yeah. is there week in week out and it feels weird to hand the armband over. Yeah, it's it's it, yeah, and there there's there's a divide on Twitter, isn't there? Really between people who think he shouldn't do it and people who think he should do it. I'm in the he should do it because it is not he shouldn't have to do it, but he does it. It's his choice. He has it hasn't been yeah. dictated that we we don't think it's been that you know marks the captain. Uh, he does it out of respect, and I think that is shows so much more character as a man than if he just carried on you know it's almost yeah. like if he carried on a, a skip when mark came on it's like well 
you know, and also, you know, there's, there's, I mean, essentially in the ranks and stuff like that. Yeah. It shows what we're saying about the team spirit as well. You know, no, you're the club captain. You're, although it's only five minutes, you're in charge, boss. You know, I'm, you know, I'm keeping it warm for you type thing. And I think that yeah. shows just more, just you know, what a, what a good, honest man he is uh, as a player. You know, and as, as and as a and as a as a team man as well as squad player as well. Um, right. Okay. Let's put. Declan Rice in. Let me write that down. Okay, who is next? All right, yeah. Left-sided attacking mid, Demi Payne. Who's going to be? <laughs> yeah. Finally going on to him. Um, yeah, just, uh, again, one of those players where you don't need to to say a lot, I don't think. those Some of those memories from that first season in particular. Obviously, you think about the the Middlesbrough goal um, at the London Stadium, so, something like that, you know, great goal and, um, you know, just, skipped past players for fun and you know one of those the goals of the season but there was something really special about watching him play at Upton Park um yeah just I think someone that could turn it on against whoever and um played with tremendous confidence and I'll never forget the goal against Crystal Palace um where um you know the the free kick goal where he just no matter what defenders seemed to do when he was on form he was on form um, and yeah, that that was one of the. He was one of the best players in the world that year, hundred yeah, percent, no doubt. Yeah. If he, I'd put him in the top five, perhaps. Um, you know, so for someone from West Ham to to slot in there is is incredible, incredibly special. Um, and yeah, obviously, yeah. someone that didn't didn't leave perhaps in the in the best circumstances. So um, you know, he'll have to live with that, I guess, when he thinks back on his memories at West Ham. And the sad thing is, as well for him. You know, if he, if he stayed in the Premier League, and obviously it was for family reasons and, and whatnot, so you can't complain, I don't think, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, and my memories of, of Dimmy won't, you know, in, in 10 years or whatever, won't really be tainted by by his move, albeit it was frustrating to watch and the, the way he did it. But um, the memories themselves, you know, he, he could have been, if he'd stayed in the Premier League, could have been one of those, those Premier League icons across the decade because, oh, yeah, yeah he, he just turned it on um, whenever he wanted to, it seemed. Without a doubt, without a doubt, and as you said, it was it was almost like it was an honour to have him play for us, someone that good. Hundred you know? percent. And and we, and unfortunately, well, for the maybe in my life, we probably I don't think we'll ever see a Ballon d'Or nominee ever to play for West Ham. Maybe, who knows? But um, it was a pleasure. And if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have had that last season at the at, yeah. at Elton Park. Um, and as you said, the way he left, yeah. But I think nowadays. You know, it's the modern footballer. That's the way they happen. Yeah. You know, it's like Christ. You know, you watch. It was on Sky Sports the other day with the Panathinaikos. It was the Royal Antwerp bloke, the forward who wants. Oh to go yeah, Panathinaikos. Rocked up in that other shirt. Yeah. Oh, it's like yeah, Dimmy like, didn't turn up in a Tottenham shirt at, at Chadwick and wanted to leave, did he? No, it's like you know he wanted to go back and. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's the modern footballer how how they how they sort of they, they look at it. It's not a Syria. It's a career rather than a passion, really. And I think it's a it's a frustration with people. Um, but and also those mercurial players. I mean, you know, Payet, Onautovic. Even before that, I mean, we only got Decanio because he pushed over a referee. And you know, these sort of these sort of genius enigma players always have another side of them. Ravel Morris, yeah. you know, there's loads of them who've got this other side, and he had another side as well. I mean, you know, he left. 
for Marseille in the same way that he left West Ham and Marseille welcomed him back with open arms. Um, yeah. You know, that's how much they meant he meant to them as well. And, uh, you know, although he was like, oh, he's a snake and stuff, I, I guarantee at the end of that season, say we'd come back, we'd have probably let him come back because he was that good. Yeah. You know, certain players that you sort of, you know, go, okay, fair enough. And I mean, Dimmick, for example, yeah. you know, he's, despite the fact he was only around for 18 months, he's in something like 40% of of people's hammers 11s, um, which is mental. I think he's the top midfielder, you know, and that's yeah. it. It's taking to count people like Mark Noble and Billy Bonds and, and people like that. It's mental. But, uh, yes, he's, he made such an impact and just such a... Some of the, yeah, oh, uh, some, of the, some of the things he did with the ball yeah. um, at his feet were just unbelievable. Some of the, the goals that he scored... Again, the Middlesbrough goal, the Palace goal, um, the United goal in the FA Cup at Old Trafford, where he, you know, scored a, a thirty-yard free kick. Um, you know, tipped tipped the post and in past David De Gea, um, and that that could have been the, the start of a you know a really good finish to the FA Cup for us because, um, you know, had we held on there, it could be a completely different story. Obviously, we we went to the replay, um, but. Just yeah, some of the the individual memories are unbelievable from from that season, and um, you know the first couple of, or the first season at um, the London Stadium. Yeah, just you know, I think everyone um, could go on about him for ages because he just was he was world class. He was. He's a phenomenal player, a phenomenal player, and we were, we were fortunate to have him in his prime. You know, it was a proper. You know, if he was. If he had a FIFA card, it would be you know he would be a prime you know player. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like in his pomp, and that never happens at West Ham very often. Okay, yeah. Dimmy's in. Who's next, man? Who's next? All right, right sided attacking mid, probably a bit a tiny bit out of position. We've gone for for Manu. Just the yeah. link with with um Dimmy as well is is quite crucial in this choice pick. I mean, again, individual moments. The the goal against Spurs this season. Yeah, like we don't really need to to touch on it apart from what a goal, and I was screaming at three a.m. in the morning. So <laughs> that that goes to show how good it was. I think that that game is was absolutely massive. The the scenes when that goal went in was was tremendous. The funny thing is, probably if he misses that, if he sprays that that wide with the the final kick of the game, the the story about Manu could be completely different. Yeah. You know, he's. Yeah, after his injury, he, he struggled quite a bit, but he's really seemed to to come to grips with with what he can do on a football pitch again over the last couple of months. Obviously, when you do get an injury like that, the the fear is that you know you're going to re-aggravate it if you try and go past too many people, or um, yeah, and you do become a target at the end of the day as well for for opposition defenders. But he's slowly starting to. Um, become somewhat of the player that he was at the the final season at the bowling. Again, the way that we got him as well. If you talk about bargains and you think about Dimmy, you think about Tommy Suchek, Sufal, to get him on loan like that and for him to tear it up with with Dimmy in that first season. Some of the goals he scored were yeah. were amazing as well. And you know, someone that probably won't get the credit that he deserves um, on, on the speaking about the final year at the bowling purely because Dimmy was in that team and was one of the, the best players in the world at that time. But Manu as well was incredibly tremendous for us. Um, and just someone that, you know, has scored some really nice goals for us over the, the last couple of years and, you know, was our starting 10 for, for a while in there and um, got the Argentina call up um, to the World Cup squad and obviously was unlucky to miss out through injury. Again, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone that again plays with with freedom, 
um, knows where what he can do with the ball and um, knows where other players are and, yeah, has that, that turn of quality where for 10 seconds he can change a game. Mm, yeah, and as you said, he's there seems he's again a guy who's unfortunately got injured, you know. And I thought again, you know, if he was if he was not injured, never injured, he'd probably be playing for us as well. It'd be a, a similar thing, you know, he might be at Liverpool or somewhere like that. But he he's he seems to be getting a bit more back into his old self a little bit, or yeah. as you said, or reassessing what he can do physically. With you know he's comfortable with doing because obviously he doesn't get injured again and I think there's once someone gets injured they tend to sort of favour a certain style of football which which suits their injury and I think um, he I mean he, last couple of games where he's come on he's he's looked really really sharp and uh, yeah he he, he's a, he you know he was a good player he still is a good player you can see there's still a player I, there and, yeah I mean I think for him if you think about the the best starting 11 that we could put out at the moment. For me, he slots in there. You've got the yeah. two CDMs of, of Deck and Suchek, and then you've got him central, Ben Rama on the left, Bowen on the right, Antonio up top. Now you think about those four, um, just players that can do a lot and offer a lot for us in attack. And, um, you know, with the defensive cover, that helps a lot. And I think that's why we're starting to see, um, you know, the, the revival of, of Mano at least a, a tiny bit over the, the course of the start of the season because he's got that defensive cover and he's got those those um, ball-playing midfielders that can just pass it to him and, and, you know, he can he can work his magic. You know, if you think about Tommy Suchek pushing up a tiny bit and Deck, um, you know, they can just find passes. And, yeah. and when you find Mano in, in space and Mano decides that he wants to turn it on, he can really turn it on and, and that's yeah. crucial for us. Definitely, definitely. Um, right, let's put Manu in. Let's write it down so don't forget. Okie dokie. Who is next then? Right. We've gone for a front two. Now, this pick, I do, quick disclaimer, I wouldn't have him back at the club. Okay, so I think I think we know who we're going for <laughs> okay, now. Okay, let me just find Jonathan Caleri. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've gone for, for Marco or Muggo or however you want to call him, but Arnie's in there for me. Yeah. Um just you know someone that if you think about it probably it might not be in that team if if we didn't have the problems that we had with Seb um but you know when you watch Seb play and, and to be fair I will say Seb's a world-class player and I hope he tears it up at Ajax because he's really struggled and a lot of that hasn't hasn't through hasn't been through his own fault um but yeah just Arnie was someone that could really intimidate defenses had the turn of pace and um, his presence was really felt probably more than someone like Sebastian Haller, even though uh, physically he isn't isn't the guy that that Seb is. Um, but just yeah, someone that that really irritated opposition yeah. defenders and opposition fans. And you know, the ironic thing is the way that he came to West Ham is is the way that he ultimately left. Yeah. Um, the, the goal against Stoke that he scored, he had like ten chances in that first half, and finally he put one away and. Um, you know, celebrated like you would expect someone like Marco, unfortunately, always to celebrate. But that the, the ultimately the reason that he was so good off on the pitch is because his personality off it um yeah. is just the exact same. It's just yeah, someone that, that um he's a bastard. That's no, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that does unfortunately go a long way in, in um Premier League attacks. Yeah. 
It's true. So, he's, he's a bastard, and he's he's, he's your bastard. He, he's all good when he's your bastard, but when he's playing for another team, he's there. You know, you hate him because he's and and he played off that, and he yeah, played exactly. that, and, and we loved and and it doesn't matter what you know what what how he left or whatever. When he was playing for us, we loved the fact that he was our bastard because he would he did, the way he intimidated. You're right. He intimidated defenders. That goal when he um oh, was it the was it the Burnley goal when he turned it was around, the Burnley goal yeah in the Burnley goal his face or whatever wherever it was yeah um after you know we love that that's the thing felt, yeah we love that and so yeah he made his presence felt and yeah. yeah if you if you had a mistake in you as a as a centre back he wasn't going to live it down no. um and he certainly made the most of of some of his chances you think about the the one nil against Chelsea I think that that might have been his first goal for the club um you know just yeah, great, great finish on him. Turn of pace, as I said, which is crucial um, as a number nine. And, yeah, someone that unfortunately um, probably won't go down in, in the good books for, for West Ham fans. Definitely not my good books. And, and to be fair, I think majority of West Ham fans won't, won't see him in a good light. But for what he did at the club in terms of his, um, you know, attacking prowess when he was with us, he does slot into this team. I think. I think it's it's a shame because I think you know with with Marco, I think another another season, another eighteen months, and he'd be up there with, my, with a lot of modern day in terms of modern day hammers greats because he he really was. I think he had all the composite bit. You know, he'd he he it was a bit. It was a he threw his prams out, the toys out the pram, bit like like the Canyo would do. He was he was nasty. He was quick. He was strong. He would, you know, if there was a one on one. He ain't going to trip over his own feet like exactly. Halliday and score. That would have been a goal against Man United. And you know, a lot. You see a lot. You know, and he he's the ideal person for the David Moyes formation. And that's the thing. He is the ideal person. You know, because Antonio, bless him, I don't think. He's he's more. I always see Antonio as, as a as a right sided forward rather than a, a man up on his own, and and Arnie could play that man up on his own. It doesn't matter, you know. Obviously not now. We, we want him. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I don't think he's coming back. But who knows? Football's a funny old game. Um, yeah. And but uh, yeah, the way he left, um, you you have to take it with a pinch of salt. Him as the player, he 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 comes as a package. You know, he comes with his with his brother he comes with his um personality and you know as you said you know the personality off the pitch is the same as the personality on the pitch so yeah you know there's there's some players who are psychos on the pitch and the most quiet gentle people off the pitch you know like yeah and billy bonds and people like that but he was the he was in the antithesis of what he was often on the pitch there was no difference with marco and um you know you can't have one without the other so yeah it was, it was unfortunate but yeah he's i mean he was he was crucial for, for that sort of first moise stint really um exactly yeah and the the fact that moise you know moise did so well to convert him from a, a left-sided almost midfielder yeah or a left winger at least to to a number nine that again could just do it up top on his own yeah um and i think i think tom edwards might have touched on it recently he said that Again, ultimately, it was you could view it for family reasons. You know, he's left for big money and he's got a family to take care of. And I, I touched on Dimi and, and the fact that, um, you know, perhaps in 10 years' time, I, the, the memories of Dimi at West Ham and his, his individual moments of brilliance won't necessarily be overshadowed by his move. Mm. But for Marco, they're just 
seems to be something different. I think ultimately we knew what we were getting. Um, and again, he's just got that bastard attitude about him on the pitch, off the pitch. His brother, um, the less said about him, the better. And I think that is probably, if it comes down to anything and, and the, the reason that he won't be remembered as a, um, a great West Ham player um, by some West Ham fans, it, it, it is ultimately because of the um, the way that his, his brother acted and that Marco seemed to follow that. Um, but the, the video as well, after either before or after the FA Cup defeat, um, you know, on the same day, I think yeah, that yeah. Is, again, when the you know we're going through a really tough period, and, and to come out with something like that, you're just one of those moments where you shake your head and think, "What the hell is going on at this football club?" Yeah, it was a weird one, wasn't it? It was, it was, I, you know, I to me, it was like a classic. They'd tuned we were probably going to win that game. And it would have been the icing on the cake. You know, if we'd won, if we'd beat Wimbledon that day, I think it was Wimbledon we lost to. If we'd won that game or if we lost to. Um, and then there was this, oh, I'm staying. You know, it would have been brilliant. But it's one of those things where I've done it before, where you schedule your YouTube videos up. And like we've got, uh, this will come out after. So we've got Freddie Picky on coming on. He'd have come up, he'd have come on a couple of days before your one comes up. And in that, we spoke about Sebastian Haller being a West Ham player. And so, you know, that, and we actually said, you know, he's probably going to be gone by the time we've answered, we've done this, and he is gone. And so, you sure know, yeah. that, Seb, um, makes makes no sense now, but it is just the way it happens, unfortunately. But, yeah, he's um, he's, he's a colourful character, and the thing is, he suits West Ham because he is, he is a colourful character, and, and we like those bastard players. So, you know. I, I I still you know I, I I still rate him because I think he did he did a good job for us. Um, yeah, yeah, the way he left, but as you said, the way Dimmy left and stuff is is those players, mate. So they're all the same. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. Arnie's in. We've got one more. Who are we going to have, man? We do. So I think the front four we've gone for. I've gone for Payet, Lanzini as the cams, Marco as the left-sided striker, and uh, Mikel Antonio as the right-sided striker. Yeah. Now, Mickey, not only a tremendous footballer and tremendous striker like Marco was, but a, a, um, a tremendous human being as well, it seems. Someone that, again, like Deck, has had to work particularly hard, probably harder than Deck coming from, from non-league yeah. um, to, to become the player he is today. Saved us last season. Tremendous run of form. Um, you know, has played everywhere for us, it seems, you know, right back, right mid, but he settled in so well as a striker. And again, very, very similar play style to Marco, just got the strength on him, got the turn of pace on him and, and can bully defenders at the end of the day if he, if he chooses to. Um, so, yeah, someone that will be remembered very, very fondly by, by West Ham fans, I'm sure, and he'll probably end up finishing his career at West Ham and, you know, yeah. what a player, what a tremendous servant for this football club, I think, to, to do, especially what he did last season, where, you know, we could be looking at a completely different story if he hadn't turned on and and provided the run of form that he did. Um, so, yeah, just someone that we desperately need as well at the moment. I think, you know, when, when Seb came off um, in the Everton game and I, and, and um, Mikhail came on, you know, he, he seems to provide a energy for the whole team yeah so he's someone that that really dictates the way that we play and yeah crucial this season brilliant at upton park the final year obviously the goal in the united game um 
was was one that again will be remembered by quite a lot of people but some of the other stuff that he did that season and just yeah just you know again one of the one of the players that has seen a revival perhaps um you know under David Moyes you think about who we touched on Cress and Ogbonna and now um Mickey and Manu as well hopefully so you know four players there that that uh, spent time and, at, and at the bowling. And 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 don't forget Ollie. exactly yeah, but in terms of players that are still playing for West Ham yeah. and, and you know played at Upton Park and they've all kind of had you know a bit of um bit of a rough patch and are now starting to turn it on, which I think is amazing for West Ham and yeah, beautiful player. Really, tr- yeah, and I, I I totally agree with what you said because he's because he's gone through the the hard yard, so to speak, in terms of being you know long league all the way up. Um, he he seems to really cherish that. And again, a a guy he's just been blated by injury, and obviously we know he's a good player. We know he's got that sort of just devastating strength. But it was always he'd do it on three or four games in a row, wouldn't he? Then they'd be out for a couple of games and three or four games, and and it, you know when he finally had a decent run without any injuries um, after restart last year, we saw what we've all known to be there. We know there's a strong guy. I mean, there's not many defenders who can keep up with him in terms of strength um, and in terms of pace as well. Uh, as you said, that Everton game, he came on and the the, the the team dynamic completely changed. It was a lot more zippier. It was a lot more playing, you know, out to the wings and, and, and running behind. And that's what I think we do best at West Ham at the moment in terms of how we play our teams uh, yeah. and how we set them up. So, yeah, and... You know the way he's going. You know he's uh, he signed a new contract, didn't he? I mean, he's I think he's uh, third or fourth of our all-time Premier League goal scorers, which is crazy when you think about it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think he could well uh, take over. Yeah, he's fourth at the moment, so he's got Colton and, and Mark Noble and Paolo. He could well yeah. be our top top scorer Premier League goal scorer. Yeah, which is mental when you think of it. But uh, well, yeah. when he when he signed the contract as well recently, his ambitions he made it very clear that he he wants to go on and um you know have a a brilliant run of form and score as many goals as he can. I can't remember exactly what his his goal was, um but you know he wants to be pushing and he he wants to be bagging them and he wants to be causing trouble for for defences and you know just because he's got the the money now and the contract he he made it very clear that by no means does that mean that he's going to settle down he, he's going to try and cause more havoc and that is what you want as a West Ham fan yeah, totally. um, yeah perfect player yeah he is yeah he's, he's a really nice bloke as well um which is which is just as important nowadays um but yeah, no, it's brilliant. And that's it. That's it Angus that's the 11 man perfect almost almost he says almost Dennis levels of length of episode. I'm looking at the timer right now and I'm thinking, oh, we can't stretch another 13 minutes out. But no, 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 no. No, Angus needs some breakfast. But anyway, um, it's been lovely, mate. Thank you so much. Awesome. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Really appreciate it, mate. Um, and, and good luck with all the YouTube. I mean, spoken about all the YouTube stuff. You're starting again. It's starting now, which is good, man. Which Thank is all you. Good stuff. Yes. Yeah. Keeps you yeah, busy. Yeah, starting the channel under my own name and just going to try and be putting out content as regularly as I can. Um, you know, the West Ham way for me is the the thing that I love doing the most, though. Yeah. Again, I touched on on the individuals um, in that growth and, and how great it is to have those conversations and, 
Um, absolutely love that. But I'll, I'll look to to try and produce a bit of bit of Premier League content and see what yeah. I can do. So, yeah, sounds good, man. Sounds good. Anyway, um, and thank you everyone for watching or, or listening awesome. or whatever you do. Um, give it a like, give it a share, and go to Angus's channel and have a, show Angus some love as well. Um, and from myself and from Angus, take care, everyone. Stay safe. Uh, wash those hands. Uh, come on, your irons, and we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. Much love. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.